You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. So we were on a pontoon for four days. I, it's literally taken two straight days to like recover. I literally just sat, like laid my head down and I set an alarm. I was like, shit, if I fall asleep, it's going to be a problem. Matt. There are such things as good landlords. You know, I've known people who've Is lived there? for, oh yeah, I've why, known people well, who've lived camping? for like 20 years in a place that had very modest rent increases and they basically are like family to the people who own the place, you know? Bye. We didn't get along with them. We were more punk rocky and they were like co-op hippie people. It would be nice if the hippies and the punk rock people could coexist together. Not what happened that night. I wore a garbage bag as a Halloween outfit. I remember that. And it just got dumber from there. And Scott. I had a girlfriend like 08 that was paying 550 and I think people in 10 years later were paying 550. They kind of vetted you out based on, you know, if they liked the cut of your jib essentially. All right, you've been cleared for communication. We're back. Uh, last week, apparently, we were not cleared for communication. At least that's what you guys said at the end of the show as, like, a joke about me not being there. But we're always cleared from communication on this show. It's the NSA Podcast, episode 37. I'm Michael Govier. It's Matt, Luke, Scott, blah, 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 blah. Guys, how's it going? Okay. Pretty good. What episode is this? 38? 7. 37. Holy cow. Can you believe there. it? A few more, you get a set of steak knives. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Go Tigers! Uh, Miguel Scott. Cabrera hit his 500th home run. You guys oh, all get hard God. on for that? Oh, yeah, I got so hard. Listening Scott, to it every fucking Scott's day. pissed that it took him 18 seasons to hit 500 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed that it took him... It took him, you know, we had to listen to it for, it, dude, hey, it's fine. Good for him. I'm not going to be the cynic. I'm just glad that it's over with and we can fucking move on with our lives. And Jack Morris's career came and went in the span Whoa. of that. Uh, Jack dude, Morris was... needs to, in fact, be very, very careful when he says shit. Like, dude, Jack Morris <laughs> is, Jack Morris is so old school. He probably has like epithets for Hungarians. Yes. Those fucking Magyars. Yeah, he's, yeah, I'm sure he's got like, yeah, I'm sure he's got like, you know, epithets for fucking Polish people at the deli. And you could tell he was just forced to come into the ninth inning and open and be like, he was like the, the apology, not apology. <laughs> well, apparently, if you were offended, I'm sorry. It was like that. <laughs> Deep fly ball. Right center field. That's got carry. It's gone. Number 500 and history for Miguel Cabrera. Going with a Shep call, huh? I just picked the first one I could find. I couldn't find a clear Dan Dickerson call. Shep call sucks. Total garbage. Uh, I think he's okay. He's okay. Double D is yeah, Dan Dickerson's Lord. Shep is garbage. <laughs> Shep is like, he's like a generic mac and cheese. Like, you know, you don't even buy the craft, you just buy the Meyer version. Fucking garbage. Although yeah, Meyer Spirals were good in 1999, I will say that. It was pretty good, actually. It's always a big disappointment. Let's put it that way. 500 home and, runs, though. It's a big deal. 28 guys in history. It's incredible. And, and when he hits 3,000, that'll be even a bigger deal because what? There's seven who've done both of those things in all of Major League Baseball history. I wonder of all of, of all the guys that hit 500 home runs, where he ranks on the scumbag list. Ooh, well, he's, mm, he's... He's got to be top seven. Uh, let's top take a look at this list. Not, well, he's below Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray had the best history. mustache 
Eddie Murray had the best mustache of anybody who hit 500 home runs. No doubt about it. Well, sure. That, to that point, yeah. we won't. What about, you're talking, you what said about Mike scumbag, Schmidt? Though. I know, but the mustache deserves credit over the scumbaggery. And Eddie Murray oh. was a better person than Miggy. So. Oh, there's plenty well, of yeah. There's way more scummy people. First of Ted all, number Williams one, Barry asshole. Bonds. A-Rod. Hold on. A-Rod's, yeah. A-Rod, A-Rod hit 696 home runs. Yeah, he would have broke the record if he kept. If he would have been allowed oh, to continue to use roids. He got busted for a whole year, so he gave up. Good he would have broke the record. I mean, Sosa, he's a scumbag. McGuire, oh, he's a scumbag. He, Sosa's got so many problems. He can't even deal with his like his own cultural background. He's really fucked up. Oh, yeah, he's got, yeah. I forgot the he had face, that problem. He's done the yeah. Michael Jackson thing. He's turned into a white man. Or Wait, he did it? Not, be, not, not because he had, not because he had. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have that disease either. Whatever piece of Vitiligo. Oh, yeah. Vitiligo. Yeah. Wow. Well done, Matt. Look at that. Is that like. Uh... <laughs> wow. Mike Schmidt hit 548. That's pretty impressive. I didn't When's the last time that. Uh, you got. Yeah. You haven't seen a <laughs> picture of Sammy Sosa lately? I have not. Oh, Let man. me share this one with you. Here we go. Here's a free one. Uh, I know which one. I know where you're going. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Uh oh. And there it is. Nope. There it isn't. Come on. God damn it. How do you do this? And I'm waiting and I'm waiting guess, and I'm waiting. Yeah, I know. You can't, you guys, you can't screenshot. You can't screenshot it. I'm not screenshotting. I'm just trying to uh, copy a, an image. I can't control copy an image. command C on right, your Macintosh right. computer. <laughs> I did that. Here, I'll try there this way. Is. Try that uh, one. Hold on. Hey, there it is. Oh, man. Holy shit. Yes. It's the one with the red hat. If for those of you out there who want to look up Sammy Sosa in a red hat. So what's the deal? Is he is he actually like bleaching his skin? Oh my god! Obviously, it's actually speculation. I mean, some people do. Some people have issues. I don't know. They have they have skin issues. That's what I'm saying. He has he has got issues with his own cultural background. Oh, he's got psychological issues, not not actual like melanin issues. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like the dude on like Fox Two or whatever that like actually paints his face every morning for his. He appears to have really nice. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, what's that guy's name? I don't know, but he looks weird. All right, here you go. I get it, though. It's not, sixth inning, not sixth as fault. Brought to you by the Jack Demmer Automotive Group. Experience the Demmer difference. The 1-1. Fly ball, right center. Deep. Got a chance! 500! Miguel Cabrera has done it! Dickerson has that... Um, He's a little Vince McMahon in him. Oh, yes, he Sometimes he gets really cool. third, and his teammates pour out of the dugout. And this crowd in Toronto on their feet. I could have been at that game. I was in Canada that day. I could have drove up there on my birthday. He hit a, the 500 on my birthday. It's all about me. Dugout steps. <laughs> there you That's go. a much Dan better call. Yeah. Dan's the best. He's a wait, albino wait. as fuck, by he the could. way. Speaking of Sammy Sosa's whiteness, Dan Dickerson and Sammy Sosa, very similar in pale skin. Um, and pigmentation Asian. is now starting to line up. Here's a, yeah. here's a question for you. What, what do you think Jack Morris said from his couch when Miguel Guerrero hit that 500 home run? said, son of a fucking bitch. I'm an asshole. I've always been an ordinary bastard, and they still put me on the air. It's their fault, not mine. I mean, Jack Morris blows anyway. You should just Jack get Morris is still sitting there, <laughs> just on a He's base on terrible. performance. Jack, 
Yes, Jack, yes. Jack thank Morris you, Scott. Is, Jack Morris is still sitting in his living room wondering why he got fired. Why would you that's, hire that's like, how, a that's hard... How, that's how, like, old school and racist. He's indignant. He's, he's sitting there stewing. He he's like, I wonder, I wonder what I'm going to have to apologize for next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a red ass. He's always been a red ass. Yeah. What does that mean? Red ass? You've never been... Dude, that is a classic baseball term. You've never heard red ass? No. I'm shocked. Just hey, what does that mean? An irascible, an irascible prick? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just an insufferable prick. Like, like his ass is permanently chapped 24-7, yeah. so oh, he's never in a good mood. <laughs> I mean, a lot, of the great, a lot of the greats are, you know, like our buddy Tom Brady, he's a classic red ass. Is he really? Kind of. Well, he also yeah, has a – he's so. not, though. I mean, on the field he is. Off the field he's not. Well, yeah, I'm just talking – I'm talking field on the field. Oh, okay. Too. All right. Red yeah. asses are successful on field. Well, Jack Morris pitched like a ton of fucking complete games. Hell of a pitcher. Uh, not a great commentator. Now what do you do with Shohei Otani? Be very, better careful. <laughs> See, the thing about it is almost like he premeditated that comment. What is he? No, he was waiting to say that. He had, yes. Exactly. He, was he did not apologize till three innings later, too. So you know it was yeah, set until up his by... next at bat. Yeah. yeah, three innings later, like I-, I would like to take this moment if you were offended, and that also pissed people off apparently because he said if oh you were God. offended. But you know the producers on the, I do love that about like what's going on behind the scenes. The same thing with Tom, uh, what's his Tom face? Brenneman. Yeah, yeah, the for that. We've oh, heard that one in a while. yeah. What did he well, say? That's even that's more egregious. He gave like a Blazing Saddles line about Kansas City, right? Like. <laughs> what do you mean? Didn't oh. he call it the uh Oh what he actually said? He used a slur for a, a homosexual person. Yeah. And he called Kansas City that word capital of the world on a hot yes. mic. Which is similar to the line in uh Blazing Saddles where he says, You look like a bunch of Kansas City that word. It was a hot mm. mic, but it wasn't during an actual situation. It was off air. But it was a hot mic, which is interesting mm-hmm. that somebody I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. What? <laughs> as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it'll be a home run. run. And so that'll make it a four nothing ball game. I mean, what a professional! Hey. What a professional! He wasn't going to let. It's in the lexicon. It's in the zeitgeist forever, dude. He he just fucked himself even worse. If people don't what remember what meant? he said, all they remember, like Matt, you're trying to describe what he actually said before that, but all people remember is this. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, <laughs> it'll be a home run. That's it. It'll be it'll be a home run. And so that'll make it a four nothing. Four nothing ball, ball game. game. Nice job, Castellanos. Former Tiger. Obviously more important than what he said on a hot mic. <laughs> but what ja- are, are wow. we even going to debate what Jack Moore said versus what Tom Preneman did? No. no. Tom Preneman but I do, but I do want to put this. Times worse. I, I would like yes. to highlight that. I think Jack Morris's impression was also terrible, and I'm offended on two, no, I'm offended on two levels. I think Jack Morris is most like, guilty of having a not funny joke. It sounded like Elmer Fudd uh, more than anything else. Oh, it, was ter- it was terrible. That's his cover. That That's was, he, yeah. <laughs> is that what he said? Reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. Hold on. Did he say that as like yep. no, an apology? I think a lot of people no. were, like, oh, I was just were saying that about what he was saying. It was trending yeah. on Twitter. Elmer Fudd was trending that night. People thought. He was saying I'm hunting wabbits. You know, that's, yeah. 
be tigers. very, very careful. A hunting rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Mike's gonna get canceled from this podcast. Oh, am I in trouble? You're gonna yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna cut that piece of audio out. Yeah. What if I roster Shohei Otani on like 85 percent of my fantasy leagues? Does that make up for it? I mean, I love Shohei Otani very much. So, and I didn't say the O word. I said rostered because you can no longer say that you own a player in fantasy sports. You have to say rostered. That's another thing. I want you guys. Really? Uh-huh. Know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a, well, no, I keep doing that. I keep saying I own. You're in trouble, all dude. You can't yeah. own people. You roster them. <laughs> well, no, I own them because I'll never let them go. Oh, dude, you're fucking toast. Permanent. Is that is that a fake controversy or is that yes, actual? Of course no, it is. That's real. As no, that's real. Controversies are. No, it's totally fucking fake. It's real. I live in it. I live it daily. Contra- how is this? I have adjusted my verbs seriously. I now say rostered. I don't say it anymore, and I've actively adjusted when I do the podcast. I'm not. Kidding. Who is offended by that? Who's offended by saying a bunch of people on Twitter saying don't people understand the context? It's a fucking bunch of people on Twitter. That's that's the problem with the world. Exactly. Dude, (laughs) it's a it's a it's a fantasy league. It's (laughs) you. It literally says percent. Well, okay, you're right. It used to say percent owned. Now it says percent rostered. I noticed that actually a couple days ago. (laughs) But still, I mean, that was like the fucking nomenclature and it matters not. I don't understand. What did you you have a few drinks this morning? Are you not allowed to refer to people on your roster as slaves anymore? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's, <over. laughs> That's been 86, dude. Come on. Indentured Times. servants is Desig- Designated hitter is not a designated hitter. It's a uh, voluntary batsman. <laughs> and he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. We're a long way from Ernie Harwell, folks. I'll tell you what, in Detroit, it's a real real change of pace here. Dan Dickerson, though, is a legend. He really will be. He'll be one of the greats of all time. No doubt about it. Go Tigers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Until he says or does something unacceptable. Dan? No, Dan is too smart for that. Yeah, he is a pro. Good call. He is. It's amazing uh, Jim Price has survived this long. No! That is unacceptable. Jim Price should never, ever, ever go down in the same ballpark, if we will, that Dan Dickerson's in. It's just not even close. Just because they're partners. Well, they are really literally in me. the same ballpark. I know. That's what is, sucks. is Jack <laughs> Morris the bu- is Jack Morris the buggy whip guy? And and no, that's uh, Jim Bozo Price. Price. Yeah, I yeah. fucking I cannot stand that. Uncle Charlie, love, nice area, I, I, nice area. I love Jim Price. Oh, I think he's such a great. I love making fun of Jim Price. He's such a great. I love making fun of him. All you need is so Dan Dickerson. You'll notice on that home run call from Miguel Cabrera is doing that solo. I think he's doing. Travel solo. Yeah, because Jim Price is fucked. He's an old man. Get the fuck they, out of there. Well, they got Petrie doing games, too. But I, oh, I he's like, terrible, too. Really? He's bland. Like as, he's, who's worse than P- Petrie and Morris are both pretty, eh, not great. I like Gibby. Even though Gibby has Parkinson's, he gives you a lot of cool insights about the game. The like, so, I know he's doing anything. He's an ableist. Because he's. Mike is because he's boring. He doesn't yes. have like Mike. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to change that about yourself now, too. We just found out you're an ableist. <laughs> oh, you're an shit. ableist. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What you just what you literally just said is, uh, well, you Parkinson's know, is going to affect him. Very it's a, I did not say that. First off, well, you said even though he has Parkinson's. No, do not put words in my mouth like that. Unacceptable. Not cool. But <laughs> Gibby, saying, Gibby has been simple. slowed down. He's been slowed down by Parkinson's. It is a disease and it does affect your motor skills and your ability to speak and stuff. So he's a little bit slower than he was when he was, I don't know, 45, right? That's a fact. I'm not getting into this. 
Yeah, no, it's true, and and I think it's uh, too much of a hot topic. I said I loved him. I said I, mean, I love Gibby the most of the three to start this. So do I mean, not put potato. words in my mouth. Don't fuck with me. I'll tell you right now, or else I'll tell you this: <laughs> You're a lousy fucking softball player. <laughs> How about that, Luke. Huh? Uh, yeah, uh, I think Gibby would be quite good with a, a better partner like a Dan Dickerson. I feel like somebody Ooh. who knew how to work with him. You know, that's a great call. I like that. Man, that is a great call. Yeah. All right. This is how I feel about this man. Let's move on. God damn it. I can't. That's that's what's going on in my head every time I see this Sam Sosa picture. <laughs> oh, God. oh, man. Uh, so to answer your earlier question, I think Miguel Cabrera is in the, like, bottom third of assholes, meaning he's like, there's two-thirds of people on the 500 list who are bigger assholes than he is. Well, why are they including Ted Williams, including, you know, just no, Ted, where at? Well, I don't think we have to get into, you know, the top yeah. two thirds of <laughs> power rank of the hit, hitters on the 500 list uh, in a podcast. Yeah. There's Unless only 28 of them. I also think Cabrera has uh, Raphael you know, Palmero's number one. He should be number one. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, Barry Bonds is number one. Yeah, but Raphael Palmero. Okay, they're tied. They could be tied one A. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you like w- one chance to describe why uh, Barry Bonds is the number one worst. Oh, because he's just a he's just a liar and uh, an obstinate. Did, pre- did, he, did he beat his wife? Yeah, exactly. Uh, did Palmero do that? I don't know that. About no, no, he just took steroids. Uh, no, Miggy did. Yeah, multiple, no, no, multiple no, no, no. domestic no. disturbances for multiple no, no. domestic disturbances Whoa, for spousal dude. abuse. No, no, no. What? Miguel Cabrera has never been charged with spousal abuse. All right, we might have to cut that from the show if that's wrong. He's never been. Maybe never, <laughs> he's been, never charged. been charged. He's, he's never he's, been charged. Listen, he's he's okay. been in a, he's been in a. In Surely a, the cops would, would ten years ago. See that one through. Whatever, ten years ago, he had he had a domestic incident where he was drinking too much, and his wife actually scratched his face. There's no evidence that he touched her, but they were in a verbal fight. And he got also got banned from the Townsend Hotel because Ozzy Guillen got him drunk. Yeah. Uh, but then he quit alcohol and he's been clean living ever since. And has had he of course he had a mistress or whatever. But oh. I, honestly, oh okay, wait that. Wow, this is hilarious. So I looked it up because I'm like, all right, I got to clear the air here or clear the record because I've thought that for years. <laughs> and then the first thing that pops up is Miggy's wife won't be charged. So. Uh-huh. That says it all. Obviously, it's her. But they just got yes, into he did, it. He did father like, like seven. Oh kids yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. That's that's true. He has many children that, from I don't multiple people. To, I think that makes you a scumbag. As just, like, he bought her a flower shop. Adjacent. He bought his mistress a flower shop, dude. That's pretty sweet. Let's let's split the difference and say he ranks average in the scumbaggery of uh, five hundred. Yes, he's batting five hundred in the five hundred. <laughs> Good lord. All right, sorry, Miggy, and anybody else that might be tied to the Tigers. I'm sorry, Miggy. Yeah, it was great. at its worst point during the 09 season when it ended, and they did game 163. That's where that's where it was at its worst point. So he's drinking. And yeah, and so it's been 12 years, and yeah. I think he's uh, been living. Well, good for him. That, uh, good for you know, him. Fuck, fucking, who cares? He's a, worth tons of money. We're just a bunch of idiots on a podcast. We have nothing. We've all had. I've lived so many lives of awfulness and mistakes. I've made so many errors and fucked over so many people in my life. I'm a fucking scumbag too. I'm on the top 100. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be considered for this. Uh, this honor. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd like to have my my record just kind of expunged here. Uh, oh. I'll move on. Everybody, move on. 
The real point oh. is he's a great hitter, and I'm glad we have his bloated contract hanging around our necks uh, well, for another uh, year. We're at the end of that now. It's almost over. Is it almost over, really? Yeah, there's only two more years, right? Yeah, we get to see him watch. Shit. We get to watch him hit 3,000 next year. That'll be great. Yeah, he's not going to make it this year. What does he need? Uh, 44 hits? Or 40 yeah, something? 40? And, with, and there's like 36 games or something. Yeah, like. it does not seem reachable. He's been much better in the second half, though. He's been on a roll, so, but I don't. That would that would be a hell of a tear even for him in his prime probably so. Although, he's a career what three ten hitter still. Yep, it's still a great average. Way higher than Pujols, who's uh, yeah, what like two seventy five or something like that. Yeah, Pujols is mm. so good and then so bad for ten years. Miggy has fallen off, but he's not a he doesn't hit as many home runs, but he's still able to kind of hang in there as a decent hitter, but not like a fucking train wreck, a two thirty hitter. He is not even though his average is down this year. I get it. His career's done. He's it's over. You get three thousand, yeah. you go to bed. Bye bye. Yeah, yeah. But he even did so, job. He, he has been hitting All like pretty well, except for April and you know that stretch of eight games where he didn't hit home run. Yeah, April, <laughs> May. Uh, we don't need to get into details. Anyway, but anyway, he's so had Mike, a terrible you, first half. <laughs> Mike, did you uh, did you pick up any any drops from from uh, Limp Biscuit for the next segment? Oh man! Well, we just... oh, I, I like uh, yeah. There's some good ones. I came into this world <laughs> as a reject. Look into my eyes, man. Come on. Oh, it's, you're right. It it is more poetry than it is music. So I think it does make sense to it's to super read it. poet. Has anyone ever seen Fred Durst's movie with John Travolta? And it's an incredible <laughs> masterpiece. Shut. Have you seen it? No. What? <laughs> yes, it is not a masterpiece. <laughs> it's such a joke. What is it? But it's a competent piece of filmmaking. I will say that. I, it is a cop. Yeah, yeah, okay. And honestly, watching this fucking documentary almost turned me into a Fred Durst fan. Wow. Well, so look, much bullshit. The movie's called uh, his back. John, you got to find this one and watch it. I'd be curious to see what you the think. Fanatic. Of it. It's called the, the Fanatic, yes. It's the one where John Travolta has this look. He's wearing a backpack and he's like autistic or he has some yeah, type like of mullet. disorder. Yeah, it's, it's got, a it's hell like of a, a look. He's got a weird home-cut home mullet, like his mom cuts his hair for him. <laughs> the boy in the plastic <laughs> bubble? No, the fanatic. Fred Durst directed. <laughs> it's, you know, between doing the gaudy look and being, uh, what's his face, Shapiro on the OJ show, and this look, over the last five years, Travolta has really radicalized his face, his hair, and done a lot of wild looks recently. It's fascinating. I, I will transform. definitely get into this. I'm, I'm in, intrigued by movies that have a sizzling 4.1 on IMDb. Ooh, that's... It's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up. Everything is fucked. Everybody's yeah! Sick. You don't really know this. what you want to justify. <laughs> Okay, guys. All right, let's play a couple of games here with this. Limp Biscuit. How many monthly listeners to Limp Biscuit on Spotify? Oh, well, they're they've got a bump lately because of this Woodstock nine ninety nine document and the reunion at Lollapalooza. You'll have to That's factor true. that in. So I'm gonna say Matt's always right. So I'm gonna take whatever Matt says. I'm gonna take the slightly over. Yeah, I'm gonna take eight million. Uh, I was gonna say fifteen. I was thinking 15 as well, so I'm going to go even higher. I'll do 16. I don't even know why you guys try to challenge Matt. 8.2 million. Jesus. Jesus Christ. What is it with this guy? Dude, he's fucking Rain Man. He's on the pulse. He's on the pulse. But how many <laughs> yeah. uh, individuals? <laughs> yeah, even Limp Biscuit. You know what's up? 
Limbiscuit master himself. Dustin Hoffman after dropping toothpicks. That's 250 <laughs> toothpicks. That's 253 <laughs> toothpicks. So Mike and I are big uh, Drew and Mike listeners, as you know, and we reference it all the time. But uh, they always do this bit on Drew and Mike where Drew guesses the Rotten Tomatoes scores of their movie. And he guesses yeah. the, the audience and the critics. And he fucking gets it, like, within five points 90% of the time. It's crazy. That's your thing on this show, though. You're the Spotify master. I will. They also master. do that, too. They do Spotify streams. Oh. How many so, well, Spotify uh, streams, though, individually for break stuff, the song itself? Now, remember, Spotify's been around for uh, almost 10 years now. Yeah, but these bands. How many total Spotify streams? But for this song, a... break stuff. Listen to this. Total 340 million. I'm going to take the under on that. I mean, you know. Skin your ass raw. <laughs> oh, here it is. Raw. Some, any asshole in a frat could come up with that. 300 million. 300 million. Oh, it's 246. 246 oh. million, 600,000. So. All right. Yeah. Cool yeah, quarter, good. Bill. Good job, Luke. It's a big, big number. They don't forget they did on this one, streets, too. You know? Oh, behind blue eyes. What it's like <laughs> to be the bad man. Fucking auto tuned as fuck. To be the sad man. But he's not trying to be auto tuned, it's obvious. Behind blue eyes. Anyways. Trash. By the way, does Wes Borland still live in Detroit? Remember that moment? Wes yeah. yeah, he lived oh, across the street from yeah. Patty Lynn for a while. <laughs> yeah. And I started Yeah. See at the shrimps right for now. I don't. I don't think he is. I don't think he lives here anymore. West Borland. <laughs> this is West Borland. Duke Ryan. I mean, is West Borland just like a total like Primus acolyte? What's the guy from Primus's name? Les Claypool. Les Clay- is Wes Borland a Les Claypool acolyte? We watched God. this video 800,000 times when we were like oh, 22. He drove me insane. <laughs> Duke Lion. This video, if you've never seen this, Big Dumb Face, Duke oh, Lion. Big Dumb Face. Song. What a great yeah. band name. It's a great video. It's so absurd. It's beyond you know, absurd. I think, yeah, I think the... I kind of like the parts. I, I kind of like Wes Borland, and I, I hate to say it, but I kind of like Fred Durst, too. I told you I became a Fred Durst yeah. man after watching this goddamn documentary. You allowed to say that? What, that you're a fan of Fred Durst? Yeah, I mean, That's a cancelable he's a offense. He's a racist. Is he a rapist? Rapist and a racist. Oh, isn't he? No, boy, Is he a racist? Nothing. Isn't he a rapist and a rapist and uh, everything that's bad? Uh, he's a racist rapist? A misogynist? Uh... Well, Is according he, to this documentary. Yeah, but th- that's the thing. They don't reference anything. They don't reference anything in real life. No. All right, so what we're talking about is we we talked about it for weeks, and we never actually got to it. In fact, we previewed it several times, but we wanted to talk about the Woodstock 99 documentary on HBO Max, and we're going to do that now, finally. So that's why we started off with the Fred Durst, the Limp Bizkit. Uh, we had Danny uh, wanted us to talk about it as well, our friend Danny. Hello, Danny. I hope you're Hi, Danny. Well Hi, Danny. Out there, uh, he brought that up a while ago. In fact, that email was... Oh, it was only five days ago. This is an, 
I think he's brought it up a few times, so that's good to know. Danny says, uh, gentlemen, I watched Woodstock 99. I really dug the cultural autopsy, which is a great term, by the way. Danny, you're very, yeah. very good with words. On one of popular music's weirdest moments. I'm sure you'll have lots to talk about on this one, but a few leading questions. If y'all are interested, what was the biggest mistake made by the planners? Let's start there. Oof. <laughs> the lineup? Uh, <laughs> it's the biggest, you know, it's the biggest acts of that moment. That's the culture's fault, not the promoters. <laughs> yeah. The biggest mistake is easy. I don't think it's that complicated. It's just the place. It's the venue. It's a bad call. The Air Force Base. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, if you're just thinking about logistics, you know, yeah, that's the biggest mistake. Oh, Mickey just hit 501, guys. All right. Hey. Woo! Oh, shit. Apple Watch update six. live. Check in watch. Six? Thanks, Mickey. But yeah, uh, is, that's it. Right? fucking 48-year-old ass out there and force him to hit 600 home runs. Still in his 30s, Luke. Don't be disrespectful. Well, it might take him 10 years to get 100 more. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think it's an easy call there. I mean, the fucking venue is hotter than fuck, which they didn't plan for that. I'll give them that. But it is August. Or was it July? It was middle to late July. It's dead of the summer. And you have it on a tarmac, essentially. Fucking pavement, black tar everywhere, hot as fuck. And you're trying to make money. And that's one of the things that I have a problem with the venue selection because they wanted to close it in this time so they could get their money. And people couldn't break through the mm -hmm. fences like Absolutely. they did at Woodstock 94 and Woodstock the original. Yeah, this is a, that's exactly right. They all this like reference to like the fucking perfect like harmony of the first one, 69, is is fucking insane because literally uh, what's his name? Adam Lang or. Michael Lang. Oh, Michael Lang. Michael yeah. Lang, yeah. He, John he, he literally, say, he literally John says Sherry? we needed it enclosed because uh, we need people to pay for tickets. Like it, it was always it was always an enterprise that was designed to make money. That's just the way it's always been. That's well, capitalism, one, baby. The first, the first one, one was the first was one a, for me. It was a fake I, a fake notion that that was some utopian thing. Yeah, that one was it's fucked exactly up right. too. People yeah. died there. They had to airlift in supplies. It wasn't... But here, here's the thing about people dying at a concert. If you get a million people, people together in any one place, any city of one million people, someone dies in every day. I don't believe that. Yeah. So people are going to die just by us, and people are going to give birth, and people are going to well, have... Only one guy died, right? Uh, at the original? Oh, the original. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Only one guy died at 99. Yeah, they laid that into the story. They mix it oh, in well. Boy, I they, thought that was really, really Was that the guy who, okay, I didn't finish the movie. Was that the guy who was journaling? Oh. The yeah, whole spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, he yeah. dies in the pit that night because they so think he has of... hypothermia, not hyperthermia. No he, mm -hmm. no, he has, they think he, they didn't take his temperature. They fucked it up. It, they should have sued him. Hopefully, they yeah, he, was had, dollars, so. he had seizures and shit and then like yeah ultimately he wasn't being treated for hypothermia he was being treated for drug you know like oh, presumed yes, drug like right right good point so yeah, that makes look, sense yeah that's bogus Fucking these guys ridiculous. john sure and michael lang they're the and original promoters Oh, yeah, go for it it's got your piss oh no i mean sure you can say so much about john sure what a fucking out of touch twat that <laughs> yep. dipshit is. He just had the audacity. I mean, he was the guy that was like, Well, these women are running around. What are they? They're gonna get raped. You know, it was just like Yeah, if you're gonna be fuck? naked, you should expect to get raped. I that's mean, basically what he said. Yep. I mean, I mean that's not an exaggeration. 
And well, he, honestly, he, the, really, the, he really hedged that fucking that fucking the tough the toughest God. question. Let's not let's not answer this at all. But the toughest question is because we were all like graduating high school and in just I mean, and Matt's maybe a couple I was years. Thirteen. Uh, yeah. Okay. Matt's thirteen. <laughs> all right. All right. But we're 13, you know wow. Luke. Luke and Mike yeah. and I, you know, we're like yeah. graduating high school, like we're in I, college. Just it about. was my first summer. Could have been uh, there post yeah. college year. Don't answer this, but like, are you gonna like maybe think about like like copping a feel on a vagrant tit like in a mosh pit? It's really, it's really fucking tough. It doesn't justify <laughs> it, but you're. It's like I can pretty comfortably say that I wouldn't sexually assault like a naked woman crowd surfing. But you have a wine bottle up her vagina or whatever. Uh, no, did that happen? Yeah, the, the girl mentions it, it happen, in yeah. the well, that, That's a story that that woman allegedly. Okay, sure, told. not gonna. Yeah, not gonna do that. Not gonna and deny that. Definitely not going to blame these women it's just like man you get a sea of humanity and it's just i first of all these these fucking festivals suck i hate all of them i hate coachella i that's the moral of the story woodstock these festivals are fucking dumb as hell and there are gonna be problems it doesn't it literally doesn't matter what you do you're you're gonna have problems it takes advantage of the endless supply of youth in this country. That's what festivals do. See, because there's always going to be 18-year-olds turning into young adults in endless supply here, okay? So every festival will exploit that because people, eh, I'm going to go out on my own new experience. We're all going to get shit-faced. We don't know what we're doing. We're just young bozos. And it's just an accepted part of reality. I was watching The Sopranos recently. I've been doing the rewatch. Fucking AJ's going out every night to that stupid club and paying $1,800 for Crystal oh, yeah. and bottle service and i'm like who are these people who can endlessly fill these gaps in these worlds these clubs because they they exist those aren't i know it's a show but those clubs in new york exist and people do pay these stupid tabs every night for these private rooms and these special vip treatments and it just gets refilled and refilled because there's an endless supply of young people with money and that's to me the festivals have the same concept it's just going to be restocked we're past it and we're grateful to be beyond it all four of us i believe because it suck, fucking sucks you think about it you're much more comfortable doing things in a smaller way in a more intimate way instead of being part of a huge throw of people yeah well you know why does it i what i didn't like about this movie is how they acted like both the woodstocks were so great in the past they ignored all this other alternate history around festivals. I mean, just shortly thereafter of the original Woodstock was Altamont, you know, uh, which Charlie Watts, rest in peace, Rolling Stones, Rolling Stones played there. Uh, and finally died. And the Hells Angels like stabbed a fucking guy to death mm -hmm. at Altamont, you know, and that was just what is that? I mean, is that one year after Woodstock? I always thought that was okay. There's it before. I thought that was. I, don't know. I always thought, I thought that was, it was 71. before. Oh, Seventy one. Okay, so Woodstock what? Sixty nine. Well, that's like that's a guess. Yes. Woodstock was sixty nine. Anyway, I, I guess the the whole. I think I think they were playing too much into the mythology of like a. Peaceful... Ultimate was the same year, nineteen sixty nine. Oh. Wow. Uh, Give me shelter. Came out nineteen seventy. Okay, that's that's why. Yeah. Uh... Is there multiple Altamonts? No, that's the one. Same okay, one. Yeah. 
December or later that year. So Woodstock in the summer, Altamont in December. So anyway, I don't know. The the documentary overall was annoying for all the commentary, all the prognosticating about it. Not prognosticating. Whatever it was. Uh, you know what? I have back. an idea. Jerk off party? No. Let's do this. No. I like where this is going. Okay. Put it away. So it was a big jerk off party then is what you're saying. It was. I mean, okay. Moby talking about how he has oh my God. sensory... <laughs> The six <laughs> I can just tell when there's bad energy, and this was bad, and they were pros, and blah blah blah. God, fuck you, Moby. How fucking funny was it though when he was complaining about his name not being on the fucking like placard on his way in? He's like, you see, what they got everybody else's name on here. That was in real time, mine. so that wasn't like yeah, no, that was yeah, that was footage from back then. And he was like, I don't even know who these bands are. Who's this? Slipknot. Who's Slipknot? <laughs> like, well, uh, you know, I went to high school. Like, I heard a Slipknot. So in real time, fucking, that was that was more fucking... of an issue than whatever he was, whatever he was experiencing. Yeah, like, what a fucking loser! <laughs> I have never seen a the a longer string of fucking nerds and losers commenting on something that like had nothing to do with them. <laughs> no. Is this Moby? Of course. No. I see myself in the pouring rain. Yeah, this is the guy that thought he was a bigger act than everybody else on that list. <laughs> also, uh, it's always a big hit back in the. Think about the incredible fucking level of hypocrisy in him trying to call, like, the. trying to be so self righteous and calling people out for, like, their. Uh, abuse of women and like the, the harassment of women that was happening during this. Meanwhile, he was like incredibly accused of of grooming Natalie Portman when she was like 14. He also really? claimed to date her when she was like, no, we never dated. That's exact. That's exactly <laughs> right. He claimed to date her and said they had like a relationship and she's like, no, we didn't. It wasn't yeah. just, it's, it's not like they had no contact though. He didn't just make it up out of nowhere. Moby a, apologized yeah, like, to Natalie Portman. Portland. <laughs> Natalie Portland. It doesn't really matter. Whether the pair dated or not is not the issue. Using an 18-year-old girl as a prop to bolster your faltering 18. ego. It's just plain old misogyny. This is what Rolling Stone's saying. Last week in a published excerpt from his recently released memoir, Then It Fell Apart, Moby detailed his relationship with Natalie Portman, recounting when he met the actress backstage at a concert in Austin, Texas, when he was 33 and she was 20. According to his account, the two dated briefly before Portman entered the relationship because she had met someone else. I wanted one thing, for me to be alone. Nothing triggered my panic attacks more than getting close to a woman I cared about. The revelation was a type of tabloid bait specifically formulated to go viral and garner Moby Press for his new book, which was, of course, precisely the point. Wow. I don't know. Moby sucks. Here's one thing I do like. I do believe, though. He did brag uh, profusely about grabbing Donald Trump's dick at a party. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's, I, don't, I forgot what he called it. He called it tipping or something. That totally redeems him in my eyes, frankly. Did he do uh, Praise You? Is that movie? No, Fat that's Boy Fat Boy. Boy. Uh, that's a much better song. Fat Boy Slim's ah! so, uh, Sorry, I just knocked something over. Uh, sometimes I mix up <laughs> Fat Boy Slim, Paul Oakenfold, Steve. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Aoki. Isn't, isn't it like Oakenfield? Oakenfed? Oakenfed? 
Feed me oak. I don't know. I don't know. I think Oakenfeld sounds right, actually. Paul Oakenfeld. Steve Aoki. Wait, who's the one? There was some guy. The guy who died, DJ AM, he died because he was in that plane crash with Travis Barker, but he lived and then he died from an OD. What a wild life. Survives a plane (laughs) crash on fire, then dies from an OD a year later. That's a fucking wild life. That's like this uh, story I heard about this conservative radio host that got COVID, survived it, and then died a week later in a car accident. Oh, Ah! I I feel bad for that conservative radio host. There are people too, Uh, you know. No, they were, he was. Who's pushing out fucking love? I'm sorry. It's not like cool that anyone dies, but you know. it's not cool. There, there is some, there is some kind of perverse uh, comedy. In that. No, God I, has a sense of humor. I don't know a single song by DJ AM. Does anybody? Couldn't, couldn't name one. Never heard of her. Him? Well, we got to assume it's <laughs> <a part>. Never <laughs> heard funny. of they, them. Oh yeah, they. So, <laughs> well, he, no, no, no. He died before that was a thing. It was 2009. What do I have to died, apologize so. for now? <laughs> All right, yeah, Jack. I feel, I feel like Jim Morris, Jack Morris, <laughs> Jim, Jim Morris. Morris? <laughs> what about Jim Morrison? Jim Morrison was a not even a person. No, I was thinking Jim Morrison of the '87 Tigers. They picked him up from the Pirates. He was a Tiger for a minute there. Jim Morrison, good guy. Bill Madlock, Jim Morrison, both former Pirates on those '80s Tigers. But isn't so? I'm I'm hearing what we're all saying about this shit. Isn't a through line? Well, Tigers. Uh, that the Woodstock 99 documentary is just a classic case of everyone, including all the participants and all the interviewees and et cetera, like Monday morning quarterbacking the entire fucking thing. And now it's like, okay, now we've got 20 years of being able to decompress and think about it and contextualize it in 2021. And now everyone is sort of like using it as a, way to be like this was wrong and that was wrong and this was wrong and that was wrong it's like well where the fuck were you in 99 like it's easy to you know in 1999 dude i love that they showed the american like american pie and fight club and all the movies (laughs) that everyone loved in 1999 that didn't think anything about like we didn't think for a second that there was anything wrong with any popular movie in 1999 and in hindsight it's like yeah well i don't know if that would be made in 2021 what recording uh, what's her oh, face sure. nude on the internet that's not cool oh yeah shannon uh shannon elizabeth, something. Shannon shannon elizabeth, elizabeth without her yeah. permission recording oh yeah no that's fucking terrible i mean but they're they're definitely yeah they're trying to they're attempting to kind of just find this like cultural shibboleth for the moment you know that that kind of connects where we currently are to what was going on in 99. I feel like you can't, you can't, it's so easy to fucking boil it down into one event. I guess that's kind of the point. You know, you try to find one event that is a prism to look at a cultural moment. But I think the fucking, every single argument in this movie is so incredibly bad faith. No. And completely no. cynical. Totally fucking cynical, incredibly fucking bad faith, insincere, like this pearl-clutching, hand-wringing, self-righteous nonsense from all these reporters. There's a handful, there's a handful of, like, decent comments. Actually, the best person in there was, uh, well, was, uh, the dude from Corn, Jonathan Davis. I I did like him. He was my, he was my favorite part of the whole fucking documentary. The offspring kept it real, though. They the ripped on the crowd too. in the moment. Yeah, say, that, they, everybody they, grab they, his fucking balls. They did, but that was not the point. Like the rest of the documentary is not 
Like the punk people a, kept it real. That punk people stayed off. That's such a limited off. part of that. Like the, everything was like it was all well, leading up to credit. like this Fred Durst and you know moment with like they didn't really even have much rage footage in there, but it was Fred Durst rage. No, it was just like that. a footnote. Like rage came on and then everybody went to bed. No, it's fucking <laughs> stupid. Get a clue. It didn't fit their narrative though. That's what it is, Luke. Exactly. The rage came That's on exactly and what actually I'm at. cynical, insincere, pearl clutching, hand reading, self righteous bullshit. Scott, you know your point about the uh, the picture of the the larger culture, the wider culture in 1999, and how wrong it seems today. I I totally get that, but if you look at 1999, was uh, closer to 1981, the year Porky's came out. Sure. To it is today. Today, yeah. And you know norms have changed so much faster. So I, I just think that like you we said just went through eighty one, right? Or eighty one? Excuse me. Yeah, yeah eighty one. Porkies. So yeah, eighteen years difference between as opposed to like you know twenty two between today and and ninety nine, right? You know, uh, you know who directed Porkies? Uh, no, uh, Bob Clark. He directed uh, your favorite Christmas movie, Christmas Story. Oh, there it is. Yep. And but I guess had Kim Cattrall in it. Also, Death Dream. He directed horror movies and uh, Smut. Before okay. He Christmas Story. <laughs> that's so, awesome. So there's like Porky's. There's Animal House. You know, like that's like just a trope. That's just a trope in well, cu- culture. Needs to evolve. You know, culture has to evolve in some way. So to look at it, yeah, like you said, from this far back, uh, it's easy to skewer every fucking thing you see. But the thing that the thing that they don't choose to focus on, which is what pisses me off about this goddamn documentary, is it and why I think it's so fucking cynical, is they're focusing only on these like cultural mores that have changed. And it's like easy to like point out. They are not focused on the fucking universals and the and the things that are constant, like the like exploitation of like this entire type of um, like merchandising event. Like this is what they this is what they did. They no this fucking what water. They didn't provide. They, they locked everybody in, uh, basically in a real. Uh, it was a makeshift prison, on concrete, and you know, fucking no bathroom, like no plumbing, none of that. Why? Save money, make money. The city, in the end, only made two hundred thousand dollars of profit. That's like a t- uh, title card at the end. And also, I looked up something else that I was not familiar with. Uh, I've come across the acronym before, but BRAC, which is, uh, what the fuck does it stand for? Base realignment and closure. So process the, the federal government used after the Cold War to basically close these bases. That city lost 65,000 jobs or 5,000 to 65. They talk about that in the doc. Yeah. Uh, they said 6,500 in the doc in the like headline in the newspaper, but I, what I was reading said it was 5,000. Anyhow, they the lost. The mayor 10, made 000, it very clear that they were sad. 10,000 people uh, left, and that was a city of 45,000. It went from 45,000 to 35,000 in like a matter of like two years. We're gonna get all in your face because and point this fucking out your fault. base closed, and so you know the mayor, the mayor was like. Yeah, perfect. I'll take whatever I can get. And uh feels like that should have never fucking happened. Whoopsie, Daisy! Not f- Actual quote from the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shit. think about, you know, as far as, like, ranking all the shit that went wrong with it, how about 
the two stages being two, almost two and a half miles apart yeah. from each other. It's a good workout. Yeah, I think it's a logistical issue. Everything about this was a logistical disaster. That is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I, people are on hot runways walking two and a half miles and yeah, it's just terrible. And then when they get there, they're all packed together. There's no water. There's no fucking place to take a piss or a shit. Too many cooks. There's too there many was, cooks. There was. It was just fucking <laughs> overflowing after like the first day. All right. Wait, wait. Well, let's finish Danny's commentary too. What about okay, this? Yeah. Let's switch gears. Who is your favorite <laughs> artist that played Woodstock '99? I gotta look at the lineup again here. Well, yeah, it's rage. take a moment. Gotta be I mean, rage, for me, it would be man. rage. I wasn't I don't know. there, but it would be rage. Yeah, I wasn't there either. Based on but the I, smaller, I smaller lineups, uh, Jewel? Was it Jewel, guys? <laughs> Corn kind of grew on me because. Was of, it uh, Vertical Horizon? Were they playing? <laughs> James, don't forget, James Brown started the whole thing, which we said is already oh, really that is, weird. Yeah. That's right. That is so weird. <laughs> and he's definitely the best person to play there. Well, yeah. yeah George Clinton was there. He was? Yeah. That's ICP. Cool. ICP, by the oh, way, yeah. ICP in the news this week because oh, um, boy. Violent J is retiring from touring because he has a heart condition. Oh, he announced no. that the Gathering of the Juggalos last week. Oh, was that last? I was just going to say, when is the Gathering of the Juggalos oh God, and yeah. where was it? Was it in Ohio again? Uh, Usually in Ohio. In Ohio. Yeah, some shithole yeah. town in Ohio. Those are fucking... I forgot about the Gathering of the Juggalos. There's so many pictures. You'll never see more of a... <laughs> I want to go to one. I really just want to go to one to see what it's like. I just want to yes, be like... Yes, I do too. Like this is what happens all weekend. I hope if he leaves, if he leaves Ooh. touring, he doesn't stop doing that. I hope he at least gathers. Can he gather? He can't tour. Yeah. Can, can he, he just gather? <laughs> he can just stand there, right? That's a gather. Mike, yeah. uh, you you may be hip to this band because of your time spent in Canada, but the tragically hip played. Yeah. Oh, they mentioned them in the doc. Uh, yeah. that, that's that's right. a part of the guy who dies notebook. It says Gord. They, oh no, I know why they do so well because they brought Canada with them. <laughs> You're oh, fucking also, dead now. How do you feel fucking, about that? You fuck. That fucking guy. That fucking guy. Wait, also, that was way too harsh. That was way too harsh. Man, yeah, also, I, I was like, I had a lot of. I still have sympathy for this dude, but a lot of sympathy. But he just the, his complaints in his like notebook was just like so fucking whiny. They were awesome. What, the the people banging like, on those oh, drums. Hippies, those hippies drum banging would have fucking blew my mind. I would have lost it. Those people just endlessly <laughs> banging on drums, steel oh, yeah. cans <laughs> with no rhythm whatsoever, just endlessly all night long. I would have fucking lost it. I really would have. That's this is funny. John too. John Entwistle played on the emerging artist stage. <laughs> what? Emerging bassist no John Entwistle. <laughs> That's so dumb. You know, I had John Best was I had John Entwistle's DVD, uh, "How to Play the Bass" by John Entwistle. It was pretty interesting. Not a John Entwistle solo records against the wall is a hot one. Willie okay. Nelson played Woodstock '90. See, these are some of the. Yeah, Elvis were Costello. erased. They were erased from this fucking documentary. Elvis, yeah, it's Costello. like it never happened. Yeah. That's so Elvis fucking Costello dumb. Costello was there. Yeah, they didn't even talk about him. He and then he, one mention. He was a. Uh, he was halfway through. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Uh, when the total riot broke out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, maybe it was his fault. Count. I mean. Really? Yeah, Counting awesome. Crows, Bruce Hornsby, Everclear, Ice Cube, but you don't hear anything about Ice Cube. Ice the Cube? string Nobody cheese incident. It? Nobody talked about the string cheese incident. I fucking hate the string cheese incident. They're always playing festivals and I hate it. 
this is part of the hypocrisy. You hear part, you hear everything about fucking DMX. They like dedicate 15 minutes to to his set because of all the white kids saying the N word. No, 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 no. Oh, why? Go ahead. Oh, what? You go ahead. You're telling me no. So go ahead. No, you were gonna say because I I didn't hear that coming. I apologize. Was I wrong that they dedicated a segment to DMX? Because you said because I don't know if you can. I will let you finish. What you're well, fucking Wesley Morris was trying to make that comment that like all those fucking white people were there like praying to God that they would hear that they song. They just could not wait to scream <laughs> oh, the N word. That's what they no, were dying what? for. They were dying I to in say because it. he just they spent three hundred dollars on tickets it's just to for go that, in yeah. and just that, and scream that word out. And that's not that they pumped his, it up. That was his he so ridiculous. But that's that was his weakest comment. But they didn't focus on like Ice Cube or any of the other black artists there. They like they're completely they are completely whitewashed out of the fucking movie. Well, and then they talked about how Kid Rock is just totally oh, culturally appropriating, and what is Uncle Cracker doing on stage? The oh, guy isn't oh. even DJing, and that's a what? That's a black art form. What are you doing? Yeah, no, that, that's that's the hypocrisy. They're like cherry picking like one particular one fucking song, actually, like ten seconds out of the entire uh, weekend. Is right here, my nigga. <laughs> I don't know. What this I, I feel is. like uncomfortable hearing this. <laughs> you won't take this from me, baby. Not, you will not, not take cool. this from me, baby. Damn it. This is the song. No. This song quite a bore, doesn't he? Oh, fucking rules, some niggas that you don't want to try Some niggas just really do or die This is in uh, Any Given Sunday This is first time I heard the song was in Any Given Sunday Oh, it's an amazing montage too, I think Yeah, it's a whole football touchdown throwing montage Yeah I'm serious yeah. You know what? I've, it's like Al Pacino, King Al Pacino and, and DMX kind of have the same voice <laughs> oh. oh my god Well, Luke, my point there Use a great piece of ass <laughs> Great ass! You got your head all the way up it. Don't waste and my motherfucking time. Fucking, time. <laughs> fucking tone low. It's gonna come through in the club. Uh, I think I think Albertino should play DMX in a biopic. That's fucking racist <laughs> as fuck, dude. You're done. You are fucking no, done. No, but I think I think somebody should record a song uh, with Albertino's voice singing DMX lyrics. <laughs> they basically By the way, the same voice. but at the same cadence that Al Pacino talks, not sings. They used DMX because he had just died, so they wanted to get more pub for the doc too. I, I swear that was part of it. That's why mm -hmm. he got. He was certainly a big deal well, at the. Seemed, at, it seemed like a very, very important part of the uh, stupid point they were making. So oh, I, agree. I think I think maybe it was just kind of it was just like. A, he was huge that year. Of, he of blew up things. in 99. Yes, he blew up so, that year. He put on a really great performance, too. Those are two solid points. He also yeah. died recently, so they wanted to bring it back to connect it to their bullshit here, which I will get... I like Wesley Morris. I actually really do. I really enjoy like his film criticisms. Uh, when he, he was not at the New York Times, he was a little less... In the dock, but he had oh. some good things to say, too. I, I listen to him on Bill Simmons, and I like just hearing him bullshit with Bill Simmons, but... Ever since he went to the New York Times, he's become more, I don't know, maybe he was always that way and I just missed it, but he's very focused on revealing the past. And he has actual gripes, though, about, we all know it, how white musicians exploit black culture for their gain in, from the beginning of rock and roll. We all know that story. So that's not illegitimate. 
It's not the but, white musicians. It's the fucking whole record industry. It's the actual system itself that is like built on extraction and exploitation. That is what exploits culture. That's what exploits black culture. That's what exploits Latino culture. It exploits yes. every single part of every culture. Not just culture, but actual human beings leaving them fucking die in the gutter. Okay. Ooh, that this might sense. be a good this might be a good time for the Hunter S. Thompson quote on music industry. Oh, that's interesting because I was thinking about him with Ultimat because um, doesn't fear and loathing in Las Angels, Vegas yeah. doesn't fear and loathing in Las Vegas end with like this musing on the death of the '60s and Ultimat. It doesn't end, but there's a moment where uh, before they leave the first hotel, where he writes this thing about uh, the wave cresting. And doesn't he say that he quotes Mick Jagger from where he's like, "You wouldn't want my trousers to fall down now," you know. <laughs> Not in that movie. I'm very well versed no, in not, Fear and not, Loathing. Not in the movie, in the book. Oh, uh, okay, never mind. What do I know? I didn't even never read the book. I just saw the movie 800 times. But I love that movie so much. So. Um, Here you go. The The music business is a cruel and shallow money trench. A long plastic hallway where thieves and pimps run free and good men die like dogs. There's also <laughs> a negative side. It's <laughs> 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 pretty good. Uh, but one comment on the style of documentary that what really annoys me about, I guess, modern documentary filmmaking is that it's all focused on commentary. It's like you yes. see footage and then you yes. see somebody waxing about it uh, with some opinion that is not really history. It's just an opinion. So like Woodstock, 99, it's usually not there are all these people, either. most of whom weren't there, some of whom were, but a lot of them who weren't, who are just cultural commentary the, the, the chattering class talking about this, but the great music documentaries, you know, give me shelter. Um, um, don't look back the, uh, um, uh, shit. Yeah. Give me shelter. And don't look back are my, are, are probably my two big ones, but they're, but they were just footage depictions of what is happening. Oh yeah, Exactly. Mm-hmm. Fly on the wall shit. That's that's literally yeah. the way it should like this kind of you don't need to fill it in with talking heads. Well, and you're never right. Like where time passes, you're never getting an accurate portrayal of how someone felt in the moment at the time because they've had 10 or 20 or 40 years to formulate an opinion and Tetris it into the current moment. And so it's never going to be, you know, it's never going to be authentic. It's going to reflect, it's going to be talking from today about something that happened 40 years ago with all of the history of the 40 years in between. And that just doesn't fucking work. This is Hunter S. Thompson meets a Hell's Angel. Well, I'll tell you, well, and Hunter, everybody in this room, but that book is 60% cheap trash. Cliff, what is a typical Hell's Angel? Typical Hell's Angel could be anybody in this room, somebody that likes to ride a motorcycle. I got a my own home, angel? I got a job, I got a boat and trailer, you know, I do all things. I raise dogs, I do a little bit of everything. This is from 1967, by the way. Why, they're no different. You think I, the angel sent Cliff here as, a, as an emissary, as a minister plenipotentiary with a high college degree and a yearning for bourgeois respectability? <laughs> Is those, he are, different? those are all your words. Uh, you yeah, said he's not typical. <laughs> 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 you see, actually, there are none of us that care what anybody thinks. 
Because we are us. I am me. What I do in my home is nobody's business. I don't give a damn. If they don't like me on my motorcycle, it's too bad. And See? you say you, you read the book and you, you, you think that I wasn't saying that? No, I, I know exactly what I said. I spent uh, two years in the damn Well, I, I'd like to then get to the get to the end of it then on, on why. Well, let's, 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 I, people let's after, you, after you spent a year with us, there, right? you spent a year with us, why you got your head thumped on. All right, get to it. All right, I want to know why <laughs> you didn't get the two kegs of beer that you promised us. By the way, the, it's like a sit-down talk yeah. show. And this guy here, he's sitting here, he's making a million dollars, and he made it off of us. Oh. Uh, maybe oh, not quite oh, that much. Oh. But if you knew what I was making on this, uh, you're making something. Anyway. You wouldn't sell me that black and credit. We helped you make it, right? Yeah. We, you said what all we wanted you was nothing. There was nothing about money, nothing about a share in the book, nothing about anything. All we wanted was a couple of kegs of beer so we could all get drunk. <laughs> and a copy of the book to each of the Oakland members. Yeah, I said that. Now, when I you got your I... head thumped on, you wrote a letter to Ralph, and you said, see, and I got beat up and got my head thumped on, I don't owe you guys nothing. I didn't figure I did. But now, wait a minute. No, but you didn't which, tell which the people why you got your head thumped on. Wait a minute, which, which two kegs of beer are you talking about? What are these? Two kegs that you were going to give us for... <laughs> we fed you in our home, we've, we've fed you, we've given you a beer. You didn't pay for nothing when those runs. You, I don't think you were in my house. A lot of angels have been in my house and drank a hell of a lot of beer. Well, sure. So I think it's fairly well And they still like you. But they don't like what you're doing. Why did they thump him? All right, this man here, you got into a man's personal argument. That's a not right lie. No, no, I it ain't. This afternoon, and oh, go ahead and tell All it. Right, this, is, this is my side of what happened. Okay, you weren't there, so why don't you preface it with that? This is what this is what happened. Okay. And you, and you see if this isn't right. Junkie George was beating his old lady. Junkie George. Wow. Okay, anyways, that goes on for like another five minutes. That's really interesting, though. If you want to look it up, it's called Hunter S. Thompson Meets a Hell's Angel. It's from 1967, CBC, Canada Television. So that's television done right, right there. Plus, he, he doesn't look like he's not the Hunter Thompson everyone knows him as yet. He still just is, he has regular hair, and he's just wearing a shirt and some pants. No visor, none of the stuff that he became famous for yet. You know, that, that just... Okay, thinking about that and thinking about how long ago that that interview was taking place and trying to picture it, uh, I feel like I can picture it in my head. Now you've got looking at this this documentary where you know to Matt's point, you're in a splicing these these two different these two different times. You know, like this kind of slick, glossy, real shitty looking kind of uh, very limited, one dimensional, you know, kind of MTV real world type footage of talking heads into something that actually, you know, has a lot more grit and grain. And, you know, to me, it was the, the, the actual clips of the, the show were far more interesting yes. by far a million times better. And they always are. They usually always are. I actually appreciate like some that. of those performances for I bands that I don't really yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. by the way, guys, uh, it's thundering here right now. I'm getting ready for my power it. to go off. I just so. heard a crack of thunder myself. Here. I'm getting ready for yeah. my power to go off, and we didn't get a ch- I didn't get a chance to do it last week. Fucking DTE, you fucks! Get your yeah. shit together! This is fucking 2021! <laughs> it's fucking hell on earth! Didn't you get Five that days without power them? in a major American city? A Ann Arbor's a real city, goddammit. Five days without power. My friend had power for non-stop five days. It's crazy. Didn't you get that email from the CEO saying how sorry he was? That helped. That really helped right. a lot. I want to thank the CEO of DTE for taking the time to have somebody dictate it. Probably an AI or bot that spit out a <laughs> bullshit ass 
trash commentary. Fuck you. Fuck everybody. Get on solar power ASAP. If I ever buy a house, I swear, I swear, I will dedicate everything I have to getting on solar power. If I ever buy a home, oh, you should it's... you should use uh, Obama's pace program, which. Uh... Ah! That's a good one. I saw the John Oliver on that one too. That's funny. Yeah. Anyways, just wanted. Yeah, to I checked in let with you John Oliver for once in the last six months. So that was the only one I've seen recently. Do you not All like other... him anymore? No, I, I, I've, I've just. Has he become a character years. of himself? No, that doesn't even make any sense. I hate when people say that. I don't. I don't get that. <laughs> it's not a critique. No, my critique with him is that he doesn't. He never addresses any material, uh, material issues. He only addresses cultural issues. And pa- but pace was one. It was that was a material issue. To, kind of because I think at the end he, um, it's not like he's trying to fucking push for any type of universal, you know, infrastructure deal of, of any kind. It, it's call nine one one. He did that when he talked about the structure and the infrastructure of all the one that you missed because it was a newer one related to what is it? Emergency care, emergency services. He tried to address that in one, uh, it's one always about a month so, ago. I, I did, actually, I did come across that one, too. I didn't finish it, but it, it's always so limited. It's such a tiny little sliver of something that he deals with because it's safe space. He always talks about being like like he's punching up you know, against his business daddy, which actually I think is funny. It always cracks me up. He calls, his, he calls HBO business daddy. Well, he calls AT&T. Right? Or Time AT&T Warner? business daddy. Warner? Yeah, yeah. Anybody, like all the affiliates or whatever. But yeah, he... Uh, which I always find funny. And I don't find him unfunny. I still like, he still cracks no. me up from time to time. But yeah, no, he's not focused on the, he's not focused on like the thing that actually matters. He could, there's plenty of content there. It's not like, it's not interesting to talk about, uh, you know, actually what it takes to get universal health care. Anyways, move, we got it. This isn't a John Oliver show. Um, huh? <laughs> I thought we would. Well, we could do. We, Have we become I mean, a caricature of ourselves, Luke? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Danny, we hope you enjoyed that Woodstock 99 talk. I think we covered a lot of the bullshit, a lot of the intrigue. Um, I watched I it multiple times, though. Thing, though. Oh, wait, I had one more. I had one more note that was like really. Oh, yeah, it was really important. Please do. OK, I'm sorry. Yeah, just. Well, OK, three more notes. One, sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Sure. Sure. Sorry, Cheryl Probe. Uh, quote. <laughs> quote the white male middle class i got everything but i'm mad i don't know why i'm mad uh and then she references white rage like to me this is like completely fucking insane that was from the period as well yeah exactly and isn't it isn't it possible that like i don't know maybe uh maybe there's all these fucking college kids who just like experience their parents losing their fucking jobs because they're being outsourced to like other countries under nafta and other free trade agreements and you know maybe their cousins and uncles and uh aunts and sisters and brothers were all losing their fucking jobs due to outsourcing and uh isn't it possible that maybe there was some kind of fucking economic turmoil that they realized that this you know this isn't the end of history and that like the this the actual system of the government that we had was not there solving our fucking problems isn't it quite possible that like a lot of this angst and rage maybe comes out of that you toil in uh, day in day out 40 to 60 hours a week and uh you, nothing in your life actually improves so i love rumors that, that could be the issue all right and then uh, well no, look my... let me respond to that real quick 
we generalize way too often. It's always about generalities and making a, a national decision on issues when everything needs to be more localized and focused. It's like Detroit itself. Detroit needs to be broken up. It's too big. Things are too large, and they just keep getting larger and larger and larger. That's how I see that point. I really do because it fits into so many different venues and avenues for opportunity to discuss issues that could really create actual change. That's just something that popped in my head when you said all that. Mm, yeah, thanks. Um, I, I, I mean, I agree. And I think that, you know, there's, there can, there's definitely like a, an argument to be made from local or political or uh, to the, the, the universal. And uh, okay. So the, the other point was Dave Mustaine was hilarious and awesome still alive uh, it's amazing and in a sub point because i'm gonna cram all these together robbie krieger playing with creed that was beautiful I, that wasn't even sad that was hilarious that was, was beautiful. I, I was i cracked up by myself kristen wasn't even around what? and yeah i was just like laughing it's that krieger just and it was like and robbie krieger from the doors oh jeez that step you know like introducing robbie krieger that's that's fucking funny man yeah it's hardcore uh, man Creed's oh, hardcore. Yeah. oh and the, the third point is uh fuck bill simmons no appeal on the docket today just my own sin you know Creed is always the butt of a joke. And it's all Scott Stapp's fault, too. Thanks a lot, Scott Stapp. Mark Tremonti's a legitimate guitar player, you fucking moron. It's Thanks unfortunate, though, because <laughs> Scott Stapp's real life was, like, haunted and insane. No, it, that, I get that now, too. He's becoming a sympathetic figure in a way now that we know the rest of the... But as a, now as you artist, know the rest of the story. A, Paul his, Harvey, good his, day. No, no, but here's the thing. His drug... His, he can't blame his That was not cool. Paul Harvey, I apologize for that. Sorry. <laughs> Trying to mix Paul Harvey and Catherine Hepburn together. That was fucking weird. Um, sorry for that, Luke. Luke. I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> Creed, <laughs> Luke, I, I don't know. you know one, the first time. Last, <laughs> wait, Luke, point. the first time I ever heard Creed, though, you have to hear this, was over across <laughs> the hall at um, those bozos. Not the guys down the hall. The other guys across the hall. Dauber, remember fucking Dauber mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his uh, roommate Chris. He's one of the few people I really or, do remember. Yes, or Robbie. He was a really tall dude, and then Dauber. they. Hey, yeah, Dauber and his tall roommate Chris, I think, maybe. There's a lot of Chris's. Anyways, they were playing this. This is like November 98. And I'm like, what's this? And it was like, I'm like, is this Pearl Jam for a second? And I felt bad admitting that, but it was true at the time. It turned out to be Creed. Creed on the yes. flip side. Right after this. You should be quite embarrassed until you realize uh, Eddie Vedder was going to play Obama's birthday party. So you're off the oh! Yeah. Oh! We didn't talk about. Did you guys talk about that last week? Obama's birthday party. That. We didn't. We didn't. But we can. We can talk real quick about the hagiography of the '69 uh, Woodstock <laughs> event and how these are just these all these all this commentary. These are fucking like boomer fantasies. Let's not forget that this generation is the one that like sublimated the entire like uh, you know like the the working class like the potential for the working class revolution. The real politics of of the the late 60s got completely subsumed within this like cultural moment uh peace love happiness and all that that smothered any fucking like real kind of potential for like 
uh, political upheaval during a time. They were kids, though. They were morons. They didn't know they're doing it. But they all got older, and guess who they voted for this time? It's fucking Biden. Hail to the chief. He's the one we all say hail to. Their their revolutionary, quote-unquote, instincts, their, like, rebellious uh, nature, obviously, that is just... Uh, it's an know, old bit, though. We know that, that don't we? Of course, it's a, of course it's an old bit, but it's important to remember that. The way this fucking documentary paints these people and paints the the original Woodstock is like it was some form of like active revolution or active rebellion. No, and wait, yeah, wait, 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 wait. They do a good... I'll give them credit for... They pointed out the bogusness. Wesley Morris himself pointed out the bogusness and the false reality that boomers have set forth in the dock. So just remember that that did happen in the stock. What did he say? If anything, they made what, what, 94 what he, uh, seem really good. They, that's they, right, they, Scott. They did. They had a lot they, of they, good things to say about 94. Skip over, they did skip over 94 pretty fast, though. Yeah, I kind of want to dock on 94 first, and then I'd actually it's, be down with like a trilogy. Woodstock it should have just been. Woodstock yeah, 94, Woodstock 99. Up. Three a three-disc box set that you can buy for $99.99 right now. <laughs> John Shearer and Michael Lang get 80% of the profits. Yeah, I mean, I get I'm generalizing too a little bit, but we all understand, I think, uh, the failures of that kind of cultural moment, and it's because it was a cultural moment, not a political moment. I mean, there were politics involved, but uh, okay, it's, shit, it's, shit like, it's shit like this that, well, the boomers are the problem. I know. That's why I like saying, okay, boomer, because it's funny, but fuck boomers. Fuck my parents. Fuck all you boomers. I hope you all yeah. die. Yeah, my parents voted for Bernie, so they got out. <laughs> they got out. So Ob- Obama's 60th birthday party was a big hootenanny, a big shindig, but Obama has gone Hollywood. He is no longer the political <laughs> hack that he once was, and he's 86 to all his political hack friends because now it's Hollywood 101. Wait he's got to make Are a you lot of money. Headline, or are you making this up as you go? I'm just making this up as I go, but have you, re- have you read... Uh, not red. Have you watched the Obama doc on HBO Max? Has anybody watched that? I, I can't no. do it. I can't do it. I don't want. No, I skipped over too. I'm just curious. I maybe can't. Matt. I thought maybe Matt watched it. It would be so triggering. I wouldn't have a TV anymore. No interest, Matt. Uh, not particularly. I'm kind of. I read his book, but uh, I don't know which one because he's written a couple, right? A pr- a pr- well, I've read two of his books. I read the. God, we're we're gonna have to get dreams of my father. We're gonna have to pay you for that because I think we suggested we would do uh, we would do an episode on the the latest biography. But I'm like, yeah, I'm not not touching this thing with the ten foot pole. I think I I read three hundred pages of it. Matt read Matt read like two paragraphs, and it came off as like it came off as one sentence that went on for like four pages about the fucking rose garden. I was like, fuck this never oh, happened no that sounds bogus dude oh uh, it was so that. it was so flower it was like a it was like a freshman that had a thesaurus and and uh, oh book no on, no no and a book Barack of Obama. <laughs> Barack obama is many things he, he's a fraud in many ways but he's a good writer i'll give him credit for being wow a good well, well wait, just it's, because it's you think he's a good writer does not make that true <laughs> it's Whoa. called wow that's fire no I don't, I don't think Obama. saying that. I don't think saying that Obama is a freshman class level purple prose writer. I is think a fair it sounds statement. like that. It sounds like that. I, I mean, I've read plenty of, of excerpts. I, okay, I'm not. I didn't read the whole thing, so I can't. I'm no expert. Well, let me. Let, this is called Obama in pursuit of a more perfect union. Also, That's he's not a terrible writer. I'm just. <laughs> I'm pushing buttons. I, I'm, You're getting. I'm, uh, I think. I think. If not a terrible, anything. He's if not anything, a terrible writer. That might. One be thing about my is is, a, he is, is, yeah. is he is a good writer. The guy he's can write a speech. Better, he's probably better at that than 
anything he did in his presence. <laughs> if anything, he's a rhetorician. Rhetor- That's right. Or- That's exactly right. He's yeah. and and you know what? When he did his fucking, I I fell for it like everybody else. When he did the the speech at the the DNC in two thousand six, I was like, "That's the next president." Uh, wait, oh, two thousand four, two, the one where Kwame Kilpatrick introduced him. Y'all done was it really? Come back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, was on the rise, man. Was it that early, 2002? Holy shit. In the year 2000. Yeah, Look, yeah, when, I, when I saw him speak, I was like, uh, I was like that, dude's next, the... that dude should be the next president. All you gotta so, do yeah, is Google it, it's easy. Obama speech, twice, DNC. You know, whatever. Obama speech at the 2004 National Democratic Convention is likely the one you're thinking of because he made the keynote speech at the 04 where John Kerry got swift-boated right out of the election. Big that, name. That's, that's the one, Matt. But did co- d- please confirm whether or not Kwame Kilpatrick uh, introduced uh, That him. was before he was inaugurated in 2008. He was holding the Bible that Obama put his hand on. <laughs> well, well he's, well, he's trying to be the first black president. Come on, man. There's also some and That was Bill Clinton. There. Come on. Look, my, this my I just thought it was so. funnier. I just thought it was funnier if it was Kwame Kilpatrick. This uh, documentary is called "In Pursuit of a More Perfect Union." It's on HBO Max. I haven't watched it. It's directed by Emmy winner Peter Kernhard, and it's a three-part doc chronicling the personal and political journey of President Barack Obama as the country grapples with its racial history, weaving together conversations with colleagues, friends, and critics, wow, and interspersed with his own speeches and news interviews. The series begins with Obama's childhood and takes us through his perspective as the son of a white mother from Kansas and an African father, his spiritual formation informed by a generation of black leaders and his hopes for a more inclusive America. And by the way, there's three more paragraphs of this describing it. I could read, but I won't. <laughs> Did he have any uh, triumphant speeches where he uh, was able to credibly say to, to poor black people, look at what I did uh, to, to help you out uh, the same way that he was able to say to oil companies, Hey, when I said we were producing, when we were producing the most oil uh, during my presidency, that was me. Dude, you're That's not black. You've never been the president, dude. It's true. I can't. Hey, I don't have the lived experience. So I guess I can't say anything. You've never been while there was a racist Congress and a racist Tea Party movement going on at the same time. You're president. It's challenging times. I haven't. I mean, you weren't that guy. I'm close. The whole description. I'm not quite that, but you know, close. Yeah. Close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he he bragged about fucking you know increasing oil contracts and 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 drilling oh, I mean, and, and drilling contracts and and. Every other fucking thing under the sun, you know this. Everybody fucking knows this. It's your typical yeah, Democratic we all, president. Yeah, we all want to keep. We want to keep fucking uh, this collective delusion going that, like, you know, he's important in some way because of the because of the the what he represents. Yeah. Are you going to say it's tokenism? Is that what you're going to say? You're close. I was. <laughs> you were. Uh, I, I think I both things, you, I both things can that. be true. Yeah, both I things agree. can it's be true. Both, at the it's same both. Time. It's both and not either or. But still, yeah. But but it sounds like this. Uh, okay, we, we could watch this documentary, but God for no, I'm not. I don't think I can. Um, okay, but we could watch this documentary. But I'm guaranteed. Like that sounds. I like, pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. <laughs> yep. As there's a drive in a deep left field by hey! Castellanos, it will be a home run. It feels kind of either or to me with this, the description Mike just read off. I'm assuming this is going to be mostly about his racial composition. Hey, being president now is about cashing in. 
It really is more than ever. It's changed in the last forty years completely. Hey, man, now I don't. Being, I don't. I don't fault him for uh, getting on a jet ski. Uh, go for it. No, that's fine. I'm just saying. Just go away. Being president Stop now meddling. is a being president is a license to the elite world of endless speeches and now Netflix deals. Like Obama's the first, but it's going to just be like this. Trump's going to, you know, whatever he's doing, he's got his own license now because he was a president. He'll have his network and he'll have his billions that'll be given to him and thrown at him and he'll demand it because that's what Trump does. But Obama also will demand his millions, but he'll do it in a more, you know, low key, smooth way. But there really is no difference in how they're both operating. In terms imagine, of what they want and how they're going to get it. That's can you imagine it. like applying for a life of leisure to like Richard Branson? And he's like, well, have you ever been president? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a pre- prerequisite. It's a prerequisite. To <laughs> I'm just, sorry. We can't accept you just, this time. You're not a former just sit president. On ass. Yeah, sit on ass. Jump on jet skis. Uh, give speeches. Do all that shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's got to be on your resume. And you're like, man, this is fucking this is a hard game. Could it you know, what? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be, gotta be president to become president. <laughs> Mike, can you do me a favor and play that YouTube? Twenty two. Is that real? That that's him from him reading his audiobook. What what is this one? Just play that. Uh, just surprise. Luke will enjoy it. Okay. What's it called? It's called Barack oh, wait, did, Obama. Oh, did you just chat me? Oh, never mind. I'm looking. Ah, uh, okay. God. Secret. Secrets. Holy shit! That was a good one. Stand by. <laughs> Uh, but by. Obama's <laughs> Obama's going Hollywood now, so he's you know Netflix Hollywood style, and he's going to be doing these important series, and he'll be uh, commissioning opportunities for other you know less fortunate people through the prism of his power structure, and it's going to be fun, right? I hate to say it, but I think George W. Bush is having a more dignified ex presidency than. Uh... Wow! It's recency bias. George George Bush should not be having that whatsoever. It's he's just like painting himself Ellen in the bathtub, you know. It's just Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> people like that selling selling his goddamn image back to the public. It's uh, it's disgusting, man. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. I mean, what is? No, man. Like uh, George Bush having okay, yeah, maybe it's more dignified compared to Obama, but I don't think either of them had a very dignified president. Oh, I'm talking about an ex presidency. I wasn't saying anything about the presidency. I'm oh, just saying yeah, Bush has not been as garishly fucking flaunting the uh, the you know the the actual like you know promises he he seems or values. I guess he's, he's not out there just making tons to. of money on shit and. Uh, didn't need to. You know, Son of an oil man. Becoming a celebrity. Son of an oil man. I'm an I mean, oil man. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if I tell you I'm an oil man, you will agree. Uh, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, if I tell you I'm an oil man. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is a. Uh, I may fall asleep to that movie tonight. Enjoy this one. Stand by. Here we go. You ain't my bitch, nigga. Buy your own damn fries. Now, you know that guy ain't shit. Sorry ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Nothing. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. <laughs> I, think, I think I think we need that. There are white folks, and there are other ignorant motherfuckers like you. Drop. I think yeah. the rest of that probably needs to be cut. Is this from Key and Peele? No, that's uh, those are uh, that's Actual. like one of the characters I think in Dreams for My Dreams of My Father. Or Shut up, are you? Uh, yeah, it's like a roommate of his in college. <laughs> no, that's his that. audiobook reading. It's his audiobook. Yeah, so he he is like doing. Oh my God. Oh, I quote. I know. I all right. All right. The only way to read that book is audio. That's the only way I'm reading that <laughs> book. I am listening to the audio book. I need. Wow. 
Get your own damn french fries. What was the context? I have just secured that that clip. That will now be a drop in the show. Clip secured. What was that? Co- what was oh. the context from that story, Matt? You uh, read the- you story, me? Donnie. Can you tell me exactly his roommate, what was going on? I think it's Could his it roommate was? when he lived sitting in on York, ass, who is like his, you know, introduction. I think to like sort of black, I well, for lack of a better term, black radicalism, because. You know, as oh, as mentioned, he dipped his dipped his toe in the water. Larry Sinclair, his mother from <laughs> Him and Obama had a steamy love affair. <laughs> Larry Sinclair. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. <laughs> Larry Sinclair. Where did I get that? Is that on the internet? That's really fun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to hear the uh, Stevie Wonder song that's like him singing the name oh, Barack Obama. Doing the scales of Obama. Can we get that, please? <laughs> we got to be able to find that. Scales of Obama. It sounds that's what insane. it is tonight. Dude, I just watched uh, Obama. <laughs> I just watched uh, Three Kings the other day. When was the last time you guys? Uh, Watch Three Kings. You know, I never saw it when it came out. I actually, being a big David O. Russell fan for a while you're, myself. You're the biggest. Yeah, you're the one that recommended every other uh, David O. Russell movie to me. Flirting with Devastors, fantastic. Yeah. And, Spanking um, the Monkey. But I never, yeah, I never saw um, Three Kings it, when it came out in 99. So I saw it a couple years ago, and it was all right. I, I was kind of like, I don't know. It didn't I, blow me away. I feel like I feel like you have to watch it again. I don't know. Watch it again. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about it. I have it on file. It's, I will. It absolutely holds up. It is incredible. It's an incredible movie. Hmm. Where are you watching and, all this and, shit? Like it's not free. It's not streaming anywhere. Dollar ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Luke, Luke okay. just he just pulls that trigger. He just deals with the bill in the morning. That's what I do. <laughs> Matt, no. Is that your thing, Luke? Oh, oh, yeah. That doesn't sound like Luke. And then he's like, oh, shit, I got 24 hours left to watch this. <laughs> when am I going to get this exactly, in? <laughs> yeah, no, no, Matt is right. That is exactly it. I'll, I'll look at it. Okay, all right. that's fair. I'll look at it and I'll say, all right, two bucks. All right, I'll, I'll spend $2 on something dumb. So I'll just. Luke has a $700 a month streaming bill. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, and he completes I, three movies. I should not be a I should not be a cord cutter in any way whatsoever. That's why I need video stores to come back. <laughs> when you're looking at shit that you spend two dollars on, it's it's money well spent. I need the old system, man. I need the old system where I can go into a video store, I can work out a deal with the guy behind the counter, I get five movies for five bucks. So we were talking well, about keep your them for as long ideas. as I want. We it's called the it. public library, Luke. Oh my God, man! I yeah, Luke, why are you not this. doing that? The Oak There's Park also- Public Library, dude, you you belong to a system yes. of like eighty libraries that include right. Heartland, dude, Heartland Cromartie Library or whatever the fuck it's called. Is Cromain. part Cromartie. Get it together. Come on, okay. Come on. Hey, dude, come on, man. I'm from the Cromartie Library. How dare you? Heartland not Antoine Cromartie. How many you kids does Cromartie have, by the way? <laughs> the Harlan Cromartie Library. You can you can go there and and you know, Matt. This you is can hard get to find. Things. I'm really trying to find this. There, there's an actual there's <laughs> an actual it? app that I forgot all about. It's uh, 
it's just an online streaming service that does stream through like library content. And I forget that I even own this thing. Well, that I downloaded it. You can't put it on your Apple TV or whatever. You have to watch it on your phone. But there is, I'll, I'll share that with you guys when I figure out what the hell it's called. Tell me you have an Oak Park library card. Uh, That's shocking have, that you don't lose. I have I have an Oak Park. I have the login for Oak Park on the on this app, but I haven't gone there and gotten a physical card because I was going to do it. It was during the pandemic. Okay, oh. you gotta get, you gotta get that shit because that opens up every single library within fifty miles, essentially. Well, doing it tomorrow then. And you can transfer shit like you can be like, oh my god, three I know, kings. There's I, I know, one copy of Three Kings, and it's in Romeo. I'm just going to get it transferred to Oak Park. and that, go pick That's it up. awesome, too, because it, it, it builds back into the system like a like that that expectation, you know, that excitement. That, like, it's amazing. The movie will be there at some point, you know, and then I get, do. It's, it's you get. It. Yeah, you get that little you get that jazz going that you got when you went Absolutely. to go buy a seed like a CD in 1997 and shit. It's great. I have strung together my Oak Park library card when I lived in Oak Park in 2017 and 18. And I'm still a member. That's my home library. And I can rent books and DVDs and whatever from Nerd! any library. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying check out Three Kings, not even for the purposes of this this pod or anything. Just just watch it. It's, uh, I just, I don't know, man. It's like the, it's the strangest non-war war movie I've ever seen. It's kind of like the anti-saving Private Ryan in a way. But wow. not necessarily for, I mean, it, it has anti-imperialist uh, themes, which is, which does make it kind of the anti-saving. It's variety. about the Gulf, right? A yeah, yeah, Gulf. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there, there's, if, if those themes are interesting to you, this kind of like anti-imperialist uh, or anti-colonialist power uh, type themes, there is a movie called um, Beau Travail uh, by Claire Denis with uh denny levant in it which is an absolute fucking masterpiece and it's basically about a it's basically about a kind of french uh kind of colonial uh fort or whatever that is uh i forget what you call it uh, uh outpost that is essentially abandoned because there's really no more military activity that's required by the french after uh you know the the kind of colonial rule is is done so it's all these like kind of aimless uh, soldiers with all this, uh, you know, pent up energy. And it's not like an extraordinarily violent movie or anything. It's actually a very poetic movie. And I think uh, an absolute masterpiece. Kyle Both, Funkhauser uh, just relieved Casey Mize, guys. Just want to let you know that. Shut the f I'm just he released, you, released Casey Mize? He relieved him in the fifth inning. Oh, relieved. The Funk oh, Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're right. okay. Dude, I, I, don't have a, I don't have an Apple Watch. Fuck. <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your heart rate right now, Mike? Hey, uh, check it live on Mike's Heart Rate. Uh, that's always something I like to keep in touch with. This would have really come in handy when I was getting too stoned back in 2000. But In case you I, suffer you know, a fall. It'll, when it'll I went be... upstairs to make sure you were still breathing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got, I'm I at did. 100 just... beats per minute right now. I am too fired up to be sitting and be that high. If that's you place an Apple Watch under a nose, the, the, the cover will fog up to show that the person's still breathing. Oh, we're at 79 now, guys. False alarm, 79, not 100. Sorry. 
Hoopla. Hundred. Yeah. I bet I can get it up to hundred though. You fuck. You fucking fuck. I will get you up to hundred. <laughs> I don't know if I see it. Your pulse is the same, but your blood pressure is uh is out of control. <laughs> Only eighty one. Oh, hundred eight. Yes. Yeah. Holy, holy crap, that actually increased your... I'm at 110 right now, yeah. Fucking A, that's awesome. Can I work out like that? Dude, that scares me. Your insurance <laughs> company just canceled your policy, by the way. Do you know how many times my heart rate I got rate Medicaid, probably... man. Nobody's canceling me. <laughs> oh, just wait. Just wait till they tap into your biometrics. You know how many times my heart rate went up to like 150 during this podcast alone because of the because of that? Yeah. I didn't realize that was a thing. Maybe 125, Luke. I don't know if it went to 150. That's a bit much. Mine probably starts at 120, so. Uh, anything else you guys want to cover? Because uh, I'm good. I, I got to go. Do we uh, we, we should set some things right. up uh, for the future. I, I know Scott wants to talk about. Uh, oh, shit. We didn't even talk about. See, this happens every show, though, right, Scott? We have things no, this that we is still good. I like teasing. About. I like teasing. I'm glad we actually talked about some shit that we said we were going to talk about because that's not our MO. We say we're going to. We talk about all the shit we're going to talk about, and then we don't talk about so mm-hmm. everybody's talking. We like to, yeah, we like to just keep. Oh, can we can we close with Harry Nelson? Everybody's talking at me. Sure. But uh, oh yeah, yes. Oh my God, yeah, that's a good one. With an arm <laughs> oh man, arms wide open. This is oh everybody's oh, talking a, about what me. A what a move! But when God, I think. <laughs> this is so fucking cheesy. About, uh, this song sucks. This song rips, dude. This song fucking. This rules. is not quality Creed. I know early Creed, and this is not it, guys. Let me tell you right now. Scott, you want to talk food service, right? You want to talk food service? Oh shit! Yeah, that's that's a yeah. That's a piece of ball of light, right? But yeah, I'll talk that too. This is also not it. Also not Harry Nelson. Oh, everybody's everybody's talking. talking at me. Not everybody's changing. Shit. All right. You were just sing- you were singing the song. <laughs> <laughs> Here I got it. Now everybody hurts. <laughs> just going down the list, everybody. <laughs> These are all songs. How about, how about everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey by the beat. <laughs> wow, that's a deep one. But this is the obvious next one right here. You know what? This reminds me of Dennis Miller and his show. That was actually a good show. It's too bad that he turned into... This is a side note before we end. It's kind of disappointing that he turned into the guy he did because he was fucking funny, man. He really was. And that show that he did on HBO... Yeah, that HBO show he did was really solid. I think it holds up. I wonder... I don't know if it's streams. Dennis Miller show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, and I can't I don't go off on a rant show here. That Dennis Miller was in. Or... Yeah, it was a good show. I think I'd like to. See. I don't know if they stream it on HBO Max or not, but I'll have to look. For that. Anyways, uh, here, this is what we were. Ah, uh, yes, there it is. Yeah, Midnight Cowboy. This was even in Seinfeld. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's Midnight Cowboy. Remember when they end the Seinfeld episode? Is it Kramer and? Uh, I don't hear they're, they're, they're replaying the Midnight Cowboy. Show. Yes. Yes, of course. Is it Kramer and George or, or Jerry? 
Jerry's the sick one? Kramer and Jerry. Kramer's got a nosebleed. Oh, I can't Jerry. see the faces. Jerry. <laughs> a lot of homages on that show that people don't. Maybe they didn't recognize at the time if they it's were always, young. I didn't recognize like, all of them when I was young. I know. I always, and it's always written by the, uh, the non Larry David writer. That was their like. That was their thing. Anyway, thanks everybody. It's safe pod at gmail.com. Harry Nielsen, take us home. He's dead, but he still wrote a lot of great music. Banking off of the northeast winds. Sailing on summer breeze and skipping over the ocean like a storm.